But let me show you in the word, Romans chapter 15, and we want to start reading verse 8, and we're going to read that down to verse 13. Romans chapter 15 and verse number 8. We're going to come back to this camera here. All right, we're going to come, you'll come to you next. Romans chapter 15 and verse number 8. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision. The circumcision were Jews. He was a minister of the Jews for the truth of God, and his ministry was to confirm the promises made to the Father. And he did that. And that's why he died on the cross, was to confirm the promises. So, but he didn't die just for, to confirm the promises. We're going to show you he did something else. And the next verse says, and that the Gentiles. See, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. So when I started doing this, I said to the Lord, what does it mean to glorify God? And he gave me his word for that. And to glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, for this cause, I will confess thee among the Gentiles and sing to thy name. And again, he said, rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people, talking about Israel. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Lord him mean praise him, all ye people. And again, the prophet Isaiah said, there shall be a root of Jesse. He that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. That's why he reigns over us now. Uh, the reign over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentile trust. Then it says in verse 13, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy. Now this is to do it. You got to have the Holy Spirit. You got to have the spirit of joy, which is God's kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. All right. So verse 8 and 9 is the key verses. He told Israel what he wanted them to do. And he told us what he wanted us to do. Verse 9, he said to us, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Now, we're going to show you the word glorify means to thank God. Let's go to that in Psalm 50, verse 23. So to glorify God is when you thank God. When you give God the praise for what he has done. When you thank God for what he has done is, is the same thing. So let's look at Psalm 50. We're going to look at Psalm 50 because it's going to tell you what it means to glorify God. Psalm 50 and verse 23 told you what it means to glorify God. When I, when I asked God, I said, okay, you say for us to glorify you. How do we do that? Psalm 50 and verse number 23 says, Whoso offer praise glorifies me. So the glorified God is to offer to God praise due to his name. This word praise has other definition in the new covenant. It means number one, to bless, and number two, to thank God. All right, so when you praise God, you're doing what? Thanking God. All right, so whoso offer praise, whoever thank God is glorifying God. All right, and that's how, how you do uh, to someone who have done everything for us. All right, and so that's why we're here today, because we want to make sure we glorify God. All right, so I want to just church a couple of things we talked about this morning. I'm not going to be able to go through uh, because it's just too much, amen? So I want to be able to uh, give you a subject. Subject is going to mean 
Uh, thank God for his mercy. Because that word glorify means to thank God. So I'm thanking God for his mercy. I gave you two verses of scripture. Uh, I'm going to give you those. That one is Titus. In the book of Titus, chapter 3, verse 5, just one verse. Titus, chapter 3. Why do I need to thank God? Why do I need to thank God every day? Titus, chapter 3. And I'm going to show you that you need to thank God for his mercy. Because, because of his mercy, he saved us. That's what I'm showing you here. Titus chapter 3, verse 5 says, You were saved, but not uh, by the works of righteousness which we have done. Nothing we've done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. So we are thanking God for his mercy. Can somebody just, come on, put your hand together. Thank God for his mercy. Because of God's mercy, he saved us. All right, so you got to understand that if you are not getting saved today, God already saved you 2,000 years ago. But when you put your faith in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, now God manifests that in your life or give you the Holy Spirit. And then after you put off this body, he now promised you eternal life. All right, eternal life is life after death of the flesh. That's eternal life. All right, so those things. Then I gave you 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. I'm not going to that, but it's going to tell you the same thing, that he saved us. All right, so you got to understand that, that that's why you think. And he told you how he did it according to his mercy. Remember, God's mercy has other definitions. God's love, God's loving kindnesses, God's faithfulness. Uh, that's God. That's God's grace. See, all of that is God's mercy, all right? And I gave you two verses. I gave you Psalm 106, verse 1, and I gave you Psalm 107, verse 1, that God's mercy endureth forever. And that's an awesome thing, that know that his mercy endureth forever. And you, don't, you may not understand, I hope you do after the service, but whatever you're going, going on in your life, God's mercy it's going to outlast that. You see, that's what it means. Endure means to outlast. So that's why he didn't endure to the end in an old covenant, Shelby say. That means you can outlast whatever you're going through. If you can still be standing after all this other stuff that's happened in your life. And that's what mercy says. Mercy says after everything you've gone through, you will still be left standing. Because his mercy will outlast whatever you're going through. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. I, I just thank God for that. We're going to show you that, and that's why that is so important. Uh, this covenant of grace, I said this morning, let me show you Isaiah 55. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1 through 5, because this verse was, was quoted uh, this morning and one of our teachings was, was that people got healed, call Jesus thy son of David. And we're going to show you uh, why they did that, because of the sure mercies of David. And that's what God's grace is called, the sure mercies of David. Because remember, when, God, when David did what he did, God still saved him. He saved him because of his mercy. 
Remember, David was the master in singing about God's mercy. The Psalms are filled with his mercy endured forever. All right. So now when he, he had to have mercy, God gave him mercy. All right. Now, in Isaiah 55, we're going to look at verse 1. Uh, God offers mercy. That's what my Bible said at the top of the Bible. And he said, ho, everyone, ho, ho, everyone that thirsts has come to the waters. And you that have no money, come ye, buy, eat, and come. Buy wine and milk without any price, without money, without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfies not. Hearken diligently to me. Eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come. Here it is. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will, and you, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant. This is the everlasting covenant that you have right now. This is another word for even the sure mercies of David. So the covenant of grace are really the sure mercy of David. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 13. You will see uh, it was quoted here in uh, Acts chapter 13, the sure mercies of David. So you have to understand that in verse 34, Acts 13, 34, you want to mark in your Bible, the sure mercies of David. See, that's what grace is. Grace is God's love. And there's no failure in God's love. Acts chapter 13, verse 34 says, As concerning that he raised up Christ from the dead, now no more. I'm sorry. As concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. He said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercy of David. Somebody's thanking for him because he's already given to you. He has given to us the sure mercies of David. And that's, a, that's an awesome thing. I'm going to show you what that means. Look at Romans chapter 4. When God said, I would give you the sure mercies of David, let's, let's show you what it means. Romans chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. These are the sure mercies of David. We all mess up. We all do things wrong. Uh, and we all come short of God's glory. But at the same time, God gave us the sure mercies of David. Romans chapter 4 and verse 6. Even as David, so this is what David is describing. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man. Now remember, this is David had the sure mercies of, of David, he called him. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man, under whom God imputed righteousness. See, God imputed righteousness on our behalf, or he put on our account his righteousness. We are now called the righteousness of God in Christ. And it's without works, without works. Saying, here it is, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven. See, our sins are forgiven. See, that's, that's why he said blessed. You're going to have that big old word, blessed. You are blessed because your sins are forgiven. And then he said, whose sins are covered. Your sins are not covered now. That was speaking before they understood. 
when in the days of, they quoting David, in the days of David, his sins were covered. They had the mercy seat. That's what the mercy seat did was cover their sins. I told you this morning, there was three things that Israel did that was in the mercy seat. Number one, it was the, the, the law of commandment, God's tablet of law, two tablets, they were in the mercy seat because Israel had broke God's law. So how was God going to not destroy Israel? He had to put them in the mercy seat and cover them with a table of mercy. Now he could not destroy Israel. And then they turned around and broke when God gave them the bread that came from heaven. They despised the bread. And the, the manna, and God put, said, get a golden pot of manna, put it in the, tab, in the Ark of the Covenant, Keep it, under, keep it under the mercy of God, and God will not destroy the people. See, that's the only way, he can, under the law, the only way he can keep from destroying the people. And then they had another thing. They went against Aaron and Aaron's authority as the high priest, and then that's when God put Aaron's rod in the Ark of the Covenant under the mercy seat so they would not die for coming again. Those people who were directly contact against Aaron all died. Matter of fact, the ground cleaved, the Bible said the earth opened up and they all went down in the pit. So the only way God could not kill all the other people, he had to put that under God's mercy. See, that's why God told you in Romans 6, 14, which I asked you last week, sin shall not have dominion over you because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. See, you are under God's mercy. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. And that's, that's, that is the only reason why the enemy can't get to you. Because you're under God's mercy. God's mercy is God's favor. See, it's under God's grace, under God's love, under God's favor. All right, because of that. Now, that means Christ today now is the fulfillment of the Ark of the Covenant. See, he's the fulfillment because of the perpetuation. Let's look at that Romans chapter 3. We right there. And let's go down to Romans chapter 3 and, uh, and let's start verse 23. Because in re Romans 3, 23, he, he starts off, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But at the same time, we have to understand that because of God's grace, he has forgiven us. And that's a hard thing for a lot of people to accept. Because of God's grace, see, when you raise in religion, traditional men, you don't understand grace. You don't understand grace. Because of God's grace, he has already forgiven us. That's why we have to get up in the morning or night or whatever. We thank God for his mercy. Come on, let's thank God right now. Thank God for his mercy. Right. Because that's how he saved us, according to his mercy. Now, God saved us was not just a one-night thing. It was eternal redemption. Somebody say eternal redemption. Right. A redemption means forgiveness. You and I have eternal life coming. We have it. Everything God has given us is eternal. Eternal redemption means what? Eternal forgiveness. You need to put that in your notes. You don't want to forget your eternal, what you have been given. That's part of your inheritance. All right. Now let's read this because Christ now is the, our perpetuation. He is our ark of the covenant. He is our mercy seat. 
Romans chapter 3 and verse number 24 says, being justified, made righteous, freely by his grace, how do we do it? Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Through the redemption, the word redemption is forgiveness, through the forgiveness that's in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. That word is mercy seat. Christ is the fulfillment of God's mercy seat. He is a perpetuation. He is God's mercy seat. He is the fulfillment of God's mercy seat through faith in his blood. See, in the Old Testament, they covered the sin with the ark, in the ark with the mercy seat. Your sins are not covered. They have been washed away, and because they've been washed away, God does not remember no more. Now, oh, you, didn't get, you didn't get that. Let me go to Hebrews. Let, see, you using the old covenant, you heard this? You know you didn't have to get up no more to do bulls and goats and doves and turtle doves and pigeons. And every day before you come to church, you had to give a sacrifice. You had to kill an animal. But you don't have to do that no more. Because God has given us his love. Let's go look at this. Now, in Hebrew chapter 10, we're going to start reading also, uh, let's, let's read a little bit. Verse number 9. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9. See, you got to understand what Christ has done for us. When you realize you, got, you, can't, you can't do nothing but thank God all day long if you know the word, because everything you think about, he's already done for you. I just can't say it no, no better than that. Everything that you can think of in the Old Testament, he's already done it for you. I know people say, well, Pastor, he has not healed me. Yes, he has. He's already paid for your healing. Come on, say, he's paid for my healing. Right. Everything that's been wrong with you, he's paid for. But you got to begin, you got to know the word, and you got to claim your, what God had done for you. All right? Now, Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse 9. Here we go. We're in the King James. Then said he, Lo, I come, talking about Christ, uh, to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first covenant. He canceled it, see, that he may establish the, the second, uh, fulfill it, which is called grace, by the which we are sanctified. See, we are already sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ. Watch this. Once for all. See, that's how you have to read that. We are already sanctified. And every priest stands daily and often, oftentimes, the same sacrifice. He, that's why Paul said, look at those people over there in, in the worship. They still offer up sacrifices. You got churches still trying to water baptize to get people saved. Trying to wash away their sin. Watch what it says. Which can never take away sin. He's talked about those priests that was, those people who's working in the temple. And every priest standing daily ministering often, oftentimes the same sacrifice, which can never take away sin. People baptizing every day, every day. It can never take away sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Can somebody give him praise? Set down on the right hand of God. From henceforth expecting till his enemy be made his footstool. Watch verse 14. For by one offering, he has 
perfected, talking about you. He has made you perfect forever, them that are sanctified. God has already perfected me, my soul, forever. It's already sealed in the Holy Spirit, all right? Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, for after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I would make with them after those days, says the Lord. Here it is. I would put my laws into their hearts. That's why I tell you, listen, listen, listen. That's why I said it, because he's doing something in you. He's putting his word into your heart and in your minds. He said, I will write them. That's why you got to be still and know he's God. And then he says, and their sins and their iniquity, watch this, will I remember no more. I don't know why people won't forget it, but listen, God said I will remember their sins no more. Come on, clap your hands and thank the Lord. But watch the last thing. See, we, we, when we get to talking in a hot conversation, the first thing we do is think we're not forgiven. But he's already forgiven us. We are apologizing for things that we've done and God already says I've forgiven. What we need to be doing is thanking God for his mercy. Come on, thank God for his mercy because he's already forgiven you. Man won't accept you like that, but God has already. Watch what he says. And their sin, we're in verse 17, and their iniquity will I remember no more. Now, where remission of these is, don't drop your cup, there is no more offering for sin. No more. And yet people are baptizing folk every day trying to get rid of their sin. People are taking, taking communion, the glass on the, on the table, Passover, trying to get rid of their sins. There's no more offering for sin. See, you, you, you're doing something that God has already finished. People, see, a lot of folks can't handle, can't handle grace, can't handle God's love. See, God don't love us like we love one another. See, when he loved us, he, he forgot it. When he did something, it's forever. Amen. He doesn't bring it up to us next week. All right. Now, what, what I want to do is I want to uh, go into some things because I have some notes that I want to really want to get. We're in prayer in this ministry for some people I'm using only Sister Flo Tonnesee, and I said today that she's in, in the hospital of downtown Pontiac, used to be the osteopathic, and we are in prayer for her. So as a pastor, I'm going, I'm going live because I, I, I love that girl, and she liked my own daughter, and uh, I, I, I know she's in a situation where we, she covered our prayer. She's in, in intensive care. So we got we to gotta stand in the gap. We got to make up the hedges. We got to be here for her. Because if, if it was me, I would want somebody to be there for me. Can somebody say amen? amen. Now let's go to work. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Let's see how these folks got it done. God said he wants the Gentile to thank him for his mercy. That's every day. 
There's something that I do. Let, let me, before I go there, let me, let me go to Psalm 34, verse 1, before I go nowhere. Before I go to that, Psalm 34, verse 1. Psalm 34, verse 1. Some of you probably know I got this mark in my Bible, right? Psalm 34 and verse 1. Then after that, we go to Luke 17, 11. Psalm 34 and verse 1. You'll hear me talk about this all the time. I will bless the Lord at all times. Now, what, what is he talking about? What is he talking about you doing? Yeah, I know he's giving him praise, but what's praise? you glorifying God, but what? What do you do when you glorify God? You're thanking God. So you got to understand all that, but God wants you to thank him. You know, when God gave us his son, we are celebrating his son coming into the world. We now all ought to be thanking God for giving us his son. How many know his son coming in your life changed you? How many know that changed when Christ came in your life? I don't have but a handful. Man, all the stuff I used to do, man, once Christ came into my life, gave me the Holy Spirit, it changed my life forever. I'm a brand new man. I'm a new creation because God has given me his word. All right. Now, watch this. Psalm 34. We're going to look at the first four verses. Read with me. I will bless the Lord at all times. All times. And the Bible says his praise shall continually be in my mouth. This is not a game. If you'll keep God in your mouth for thanking him every day, everything he's doing every day, he just keep on blessing me every day. I look around my family. I look around my children. I look around my home. God keep blessing me. One year, this really happened to me. My wife and I got up that morning. It was cold in the house. I went downstairs and my furnace was gone. Wasn't even working no more. And of course, I had to call my brother, Derek Gifford. That man came to my house in the cold weather. Went and got a furnace, took it downstairs and changed it. I can't do nothing but thank God. I mean, listen, see, you don't know, you could have had, you could have had a furnace go out when it was zero degree weather, five degree weather, but God didn't let that happen. All he wants you to do is remember his goodness and his mercy. And every day, don't take nothing for granted. See, you don't have, you got people that could, that, that living with you and family folk. You didn't get no bad news that this happened, this happened to folk. Man, you got to be grateful. You got to, you can't, you can't thank him enough. I'm talking about if you just start thanking God right now and just thank him all day and all night, you still can't thank God enough. Man, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful to that man today for all the things he has done for me. You know, I'm talking about I can have a situation that I got going on in this church for us need to be done in, on the outside, and that man come to take care of it like that. See, God put people in your life. And I'm telling you, see, you're looking for God to do it. God did it. Ain't that right? Now, here it is, Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise 
shall continually be in my mouth. That's what he's talking about. Over and over and over and over continually. We was praying for our mother right here, Mother Heard, see her in service. And that, I'm telling you, I just got a, uh, somebody told me this morning that we was praying also uh, for our sister down south. What's her name? Mother Sing. Sing. She gone home. She's at home now. See, we praying, but we also, we cannot not pray for Floretta. Some of y'all just call her Flo. But that's, that's what we got to do. We got to pray. She probably don't even know she in the hospital. When I say intensive care, I mean intensive care. But we're not going to leave her there. I said we're not going to leave her there. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Come on, let's, let's do that. We're going to magnify him. We're going to exalt his name together. And the next verse tell you what happened in David's life. David said, I sought the Lord and the Lord heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. How many have been there? I'm telling you, you've been there. You, you prayed and the Lord heard your prayer. You got to not forget to give him the praise. Don't forget to thank God for his mercy. All these different people. Sister, sister sitting right here, Sister Carolyn, was going through something. Came in and Pastor Crump, man, I, I, I need you to remember me in prayer. I, I need to get somewhere in my, in my body. I need to bring this up and hear my... And how you doing, sister? Are you stable? And the Lord healed her. See, so we got to thank God now for what he has done. Some of you in here right now not staying where you stayed last year. You're in a, in a new house or getting ready to go in one. You got to begin to thank God. That don't just happen because, listen, there are folks been trying to get where you at uh, many years. Some of y'all got a new job this year. Listen, you ain't gonna have but a few days left. You can't thank him next year for what he did this year. God did something for you this year, and you only got another five days. You thought about, oh, it's Christmas. Oh, I know it is, but that means you got five or six days to get this done. So you might well start today. Come on, let's thank God for what he's done. God been good this year. Come on, thank God for this year. Don't look at everything that's been bad, but God been good to me this year. Thank you, Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. together. And then he says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Man, I'm telling you, that, that just blesses me when I see what God had done. Let's go to Luke 17, 11. The Gospel of St. Luke chapter 17. I just want to show you some people in their lives what God did for them. See, that encourages me. But I, I'm, going to show you, I'm going to show you how people acted once God answered their prayers. There are some people that God heard their prayers and he put them to work. They did not give God the praise. Now, I'm telling you right now, man, that when you read that kind of stuff, you don't, you don't mess with those people. Just make sure that don't happen to you. At, uh, let's go to Luke 17, 11. Here it is. He's going to cleanse 10 lepers. But watch the story. 
it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Now remember, he, he's in, in an area where people really don't respect him a lot here. And the Bible said, as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers who stood afar. A leper couldn't come near you. If you saw a leper in the days of Christ, they had to cry, unclean, they're on the law. They had to say, unclean, unclean, otherwise you can't come near me. Because they had to warn you not to come near them because you would catch what they had. See, we have COVID today, but I'm showing you leprosy. They, you could even get close to them. And I'm going to show you that Jesus, how he healed them, and then there were other lepers that he touched them. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Somebody say amen. amen. Now watch this. And the Bible says, Enter a certain village, and there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices. They lifted up their voices. Watch what they says. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. Go, just go on and show yourself to the priests. The Bible said, as it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. See, you don't tell God how to do his work. God can make it all happen right now, or God can let it happen on a daily basis. You just make sure every day you get up, you thank God for your help. Thank God for your healing. Thank God for your deliverance. Thank God for your new job. Thank God for your new home. You just, you just do your part. And the Bible said that he told them to go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible said it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. Now you got to be able to see this. These guys got leprosy. Leprosy means you can take your hand like this and do this here and your skin will come off. You can just take your hand like this and your skin will fall off. All your skin and your body is dead. You got leprosy. Your flesh underneath the leprosy is raw. It had un uncurable disease that's eating them up alive. Leprosy. That's why it's, it's, it's a type of sin. Leprosy is what they had. Couldn't go around anybody. Now remember, they couldn't go home to their family. Couldn't be around nobody. They was in exile. They had to live in the woods. Away from everybody else. When somebody going to give them anything, they had to throw it to them. Can't come around them. Treat them like dogs. And the Bible says, Jesus told them, just go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible said, it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, out of the ten, I said one out of the ten, when he saw what was happening, that he was healed, he turned back. I just can't go, I can't go no further. 
I can't go no further. I've been with leprosy in my body all these years, and all of a sudden I saw the dead skin start falling off my body. Oh, my God, my God, my God. See, just like a man just got saved. What did he do once God saved him? He turned back. Because he had to go back to God and, and do something. The Bible said, and one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. What, how many know what he said? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. He turned back and thanked God for his mercy. And watch what happened. The Bible just said he glorified God. He thanked God for his mercy. And then at that place, the Bible says, he fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. I know what he was doing. He was thanking him. Fell down at his feet because he has been that way probably all his life. Now he was able to go home to his family. He was able to get a job and work like everybody else and take care of his family. But he had all this condition. He had a condition that no man could handle. And the Lord told him, just go show yourself to the priest. He saw he was healed. And once he knew God had healed his body, he couldn't keep going. He turned around, he went back to God, fell on his feet and began to thank him. Oh, can you see it right now? The Bible says he began to thank God, and he was a Samaritan. And when, when, when Jesus answered, said to him, were there not ten cleansed? All ten was cleansed. Where are the nine? See, that's what he, he's trying to relay a, a message, that not everybody go back. He's trying to let you know, regardless of what he does, regardless of what he does, whatever he do to people, not everybody's going back. But there was one out of ten that went back and told him thank you. See, it's an awesome thing for what God do for you, but where are you on Sunday? What, 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 you, what you going to do? One came. See, if God healed 10, he healed 10,000. Well, only one came back. And told him thank you. And fell at his feet. Now, I'm not ashamed to be identified with this man. Fell at his feet in worship. And the Lord said, were there not 10? Where are the nine? And then he said, they are not found. They returned to give glory to God. This man came back and gave glory to God. Only somebody would do it if this stranger, Samaritan, didn't even have a covenant with God. Came back and told God that his own people wouldn't do it. The Bible says he came to his own. His own received him not in John 1, 9 through 11. He says, own received him not, but to them that received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, to as many as believed on his name. His own people rejected him. His own brothers and sisters rejected him. The Samaritan. And the Bible says, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. 
That man didn't even want to go home. He came back to Jesus, thrown his face, began to whisper him. He wasn't going nowhere. This man has saved my soul. And that's what you got to understand. Let's look, let's look at another. We, we here in Luke. Are you enjoying the word? Let's look at Luke 19, 28. You right there. Go over a little further. Luke chapter 19, verse 28. I am so glad God saved me. But it, but it won't do no good if I don't express it in thanksgiving on a daily basis. I don't care what's going on outside. It doesn't keep you from thanking the Lord. Every day of your life, you got to thank God. You can't, you can't thank him for the good days. You thank him for every day. I will bless the Lord. That's one of my songs. I will bless the Lord, Psalm 34, at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. And I'm going to tell you, there are times Pastor Crump go through also. But I'm going to bless the Lord. Amen. I'm going to keep giving him those thanksgiving, praise God. Watch this. Luke chapter 19, verse 28. Here's Jesus enter into Jerusalem. He said, when he had thus spoken, and the Bible says he went before up to Jerusalem. Now he's going to to his own people. It came to pass when he was, came nigh to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount called Mount Olivet. Now that's where you go pray it. He sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village over against you in the which at the entered in, you're going to find a coat tied wherein a never, a no, a no man never sat on him. I want you to loose him and bring him here. And if any man asks, tell him why loose you the coat, just said the Lord hath need of him. Because the Lord hath need of him. And then you're going to see in verse 32, and they went, they went, and the Bible said, and they that were sent went their way and found, even as he has said. And as they were loosing the coat, the owner thereof said to him, why are you loosing the coat? They said, the Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus. They cast their garments upon him upon this coat and they set Jesus upon the coat and as he went they spread their clothes in the way now you're going, going to tell off on a lot of folk now they spread their clothes in the way and when he was come nigh even at the descent of the Mount of Olives the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice they begin to rejoice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Now, this is an awesome thing you're about to see because everybody is not going to be glad for what the Lord had done. Somebody say amen. When he was come nigh, verse number 37 says, even at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they have seen. Now you got to understand something. Hold, hold, your finger, hold your finger right there. Go to John chapter 20. We come right back to that verse there. Put something there. In John chapter 20, people don't realize how much Jesus had done. Look at John chapter 20 and look at verse 30. John chapter 20 and verse 30. See, they had been seeing miracles and miracles and miracles 
every day for three and a half years. So now Jesus is getting ready to leave. And verse 30, John 20 and 30, and many other signs. Truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, his disciples saw it all, which are not written in this book. They are not written in this book. But the Bible said, but these are written. These are written that you might believe. These are written. Let me read it again, verse 30. Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in his book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Now, you got to understand you got to understand that Jesus did much more than what you see. John chapter 21 and verse 25. Let's go, let's mark your Bible. John chapter 21 and verse 25. You may not ever read this. I want you to see this. And there are also many other things. And there was also many other things which Jesus did. The which, if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Jesus did so much in three and a half years, you couldn't even, you hear people say, oh yeah, there are other books. Oh yeah, there are a whole lot of other books. But they didn't make the 66 books. Many books that people wrote about what Jesus did. Many things that Jesus did. But they could not fit inside the Bible. If Jesus healed one leper, he healed a million, a thousand. Let me say it that way. If he opened one blind eyes, he opened a thousand people with blind eyes. So don't just take it like, this is what Jesus did. No, no, no. This is just one thing that he did. Because if you don't believe the one thing that he did, you're not going to believe the hundred things that he did. He didn't just raise Lazarus from the dead. He didn't just stop the, man, the, 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 the little young man, bury your assignment, and touch the coffin and the boy got up. That's that just one. You got to understand something. He was, he was in the temple every day for three and a half years praying for the sick and preaching the word. So if, if there was one person came in with an with a arm limp, that was a thousand. If that one that had devils, that was a thousand. You understand how you, you got to understand? That was not, let me read it again in verse number 25. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself, do you hear what he's saying? Could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Let's go back to John, or Luke, I'm sorry, the Gospel of St. Luke. We was reading chapter 19. And we're going to show you, we showed you verse 37. When he was come nigh, this man... Jesus now put on the, on the coat on the horse, small horse, and they were singing, praise God with a loud voice. 
for all the mighty works that he had done. Saying, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now they sang in this. Hosanna. We sang it here this morning. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke your disciples. Now remember, they, they, got, uh, 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 they got some stuff going on right now. Because they got all these thousands of people coming into Jerusalem. They have set him on a horse. They have put down all this stuff in the front of him. Now they're crying out, Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And here you have a, another group. See, that's why I tell you, this is, this is how it works. When you go to the church, everybody don't come here to get the word. And you got to understand that. Some come to see, some come to be seen. You heard of that one? All right. Glory to God in the highest. In verse 39, some of the Pharisees from among, Pharisees now, religious folk, from among the multitude said to him, Master, rebuke your disciples. Otherwise, tell them to shut up. And the answer said to them, I tell you, that if these should hold their peace, see the Gentiles is all around looking on this. I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Well, who were these stones? The Gentiles. Because the Jews know if they didn't praise him, the Gentile would. And that's what provoked them to jealousy. Because when God wanted to get his praise, he wanted his people to do it. God always wanted his own people to praise him. My question is, how can you say you are God's people, his own child, his own daughter, his own son, but you never, ever praise him? It's just like, it's just like having a mom, having a dad. How can you have a mom and a dad and never, ever praise them? Ought to be sometime in your life you ought to speak well of. You ought to hear somebody bragging on your daddy, bragging on their mother. Ain't nobody like my mother. Ain't nobody like my daddy. My, that, listen, you ought to, you about to give them their praise today. You got somebody you need to praise, you might not wait to praise him. They might not be here tomorrow. And I'm telling you something that we need to do in this house. We need to make sure we give thanks for the people God has put in your life. Now I'm telling you right now, when God puts some people in your life who have been there for you, who has helped you, and I don't care if any number gave you a ride. You ought to be grateful for somebody to be in your life. God has put some children in your life who have been there for you. God has given you a mom and a daddy who have been there for you. Don't let this day pass you for you miss out on what it is for. Don't forget the ultimate is to make sure you give God the glory. 
making sure you thank him. But there's some other folk in your life you need to personally go to and let them know I thank you. I'm, I'm going to start it off for you. Sister Ernestine Crump, I thank you for being my wife, for putting up with me for 53 years. I love you. I'd do anything for you. She know that. When I say I love her, I'll do anything for her, she know that. All she have to do is act like she wants something. Am I right? That's how I treat her. I treat her like who she is, a queen. Like she is. She's the first lady. And you got to understand, that's all folk want is to be treated with respect and thanking God for them. Don't take for granted. I never want to take my wife for granted because I've been with her for 53 years. I thank God for my wife every day. I do not take her for granted. Anything I could ever do for my wife, I don't suppose I make it happen. As a matter of fact, she had to tell me, no, I don't need nothing. I told you I don't need nothing. I said, I just want you to know, do you need anything? <laughs> See, you ask her. My wife act like she want to go somewhere. I get the car ready. My wife never got to worry about getting in a cold car. I always said, where you want to go? Where you want to go? I was going to ask you to take me somewhere, but I, where? My wife, you were going to ask me. You just asked me where you want to go. My wife would tell you, I don't care if it rains, sleet, or snow. Listen, if she want to go somewhere, I want to know. And I get the car warmed up, and I said, the car ready. And I'm not her sofa. I'm her husband, but I am still her sofa. I take her wherever she want to go if she want me around. My wife said, I need to go get my nails done at 8 o'clock in the morning. I said, Let's, I'll be ready. Be right there. Now, this don't go one way. This is not one way. This is the same way she treats me. If I act like I'm hungry, she'll say, what do you want? If I act like I need something, what do you say you want it? She'll get up in, she'll get up in the morning time, and she hasn't been to bed all night. I, I guess you haven't got two hours sleep. But when you get home, when I get home today, everything already cooked. Already fixed. All I do is go home. When I get off, I go home and I sit in my, 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 my favorite chair. And my wife comes in there and says, here's your dinner. Do you need anything else? See, that's how you be treated. That's how you treat your wife. But that's how I treat her. Whatever she wants. It doesn't matter. You ask me, there are folks ask me, how in the world you stay married 53 years? I'm telling you right now. That's how it is. It works. The word said, love one another as I have loved you. I asked God one time when I was in, in Florida. I got up and I walked outside. My wife would tell you, I come in, I doubt my question. How can I love my wife as Christ loved the church? Is what I asked her. I said, how can I love you like you love the church? He said, son, greater love has no man than this. 
but a man laid down his life. And when God showed me if I want to love her like Christ loved the church, I got to be willing to deny myself, just like to be a disciple of Jesus, take up your cross daily and follow me. I had to deny myself if I'm going to love her. It can't be what I want. It can't be about me. It's all about her. When you're pleasing somebody else, your needs are met. And that's how I live my life. Get the Lord a big hand. We're going to come to this camera in front of me right now. You're going to draw me up. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. You all can stand. Would you stand on your feet? I don't want to bore anybody. I want you all to understand that this is an awesome thing. My job is to set an example in this church of how to love. And that's what I want to do. How I love my children. How I love my wife. So I thank you, honey. I just want to let you know I appreciate it. I don't take you for granted. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15 told us how Paul told us how to be saved. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried and that God raised him from the dead the third day according to the scripture. Salvation is free. You can't work for it. You can't do nothing to earn it. You just have to receive it. God has already given it to us 2,000 years ago. For God so loved the world that he already gave his only begotten son, that whoso believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God sent his son to save you. He is the free gift of Christmas. He is the free gift of Christmas. So if you said, Pastor, I didn't get nothing for Christmas. Well, receive God's son. He's a free gift. You can receive him today and it will be joy in your life and your heart for the rest of your life. Don't mean you won't have no trouble. Don't mean you don't have no problem. But his mercy endureth forever. Come on, clap your hand. Get a lot of big hands. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.